If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey, it's Mind Pump. Look, for the first 40 minutes, we do our introductory conversation. Here's what we talked about. Adam talked about weaning himself off of caffeine, and I gave my protocol. He's a wiener. That's right. We do a macro comparison of plain almonds versus the chocolate-dipped delicious skinny-dipped almond. Oh, by the way, they have a store locator on their website, and they are one of our sponsors. If you go to skinnydipped.com forward slash mind pump and enter the code mind pump, you'll get 20% off. Then we talked about Viore's new bank shorts and cruise board shorts. One pair of shorts is made with 25 plastic bottles recycled into these amazing shorts. And of course, they have lots of other clothing that we think is amazing and awesome. They are one of our sponsors. If you go to Viore Clothing, V-U-O-R-I clothing.com forward slash mind pump and use the code listed on their page, you'll get 25% off. I bring up a new study on sunscreen showing that some of the chemicals are reaching unsafe levels in people and how some states have banned sunscreens because it's killing the uh, coral reef, I think. I immediately got sunburned. Then I talked about a new sex act, figging. Uh, Justin explains what he likes to do on his own. Yeah. We talk about eco-sexuals. Denver, by the time this airs, they may have decriminalized psilocybin mushrooms. That's going to be crazy. Wow. Justin brings up his son's party entrance. What a cool kid. (laughs) Uh, There's a new XFL deal with Fox. They're trying to compete with the NFL. And then I talk about the new wellness division that's being introduced in the IFBB and NPC. Again, this is uh, presenting your physique on stage, apparently to display wellness. It's kind of weird. Then we get into the fitness part of this episode. The first question was, are explosive reps or slower tempo reps better for hypertrophy? Hypertrophy meaning muscle growth. So you want to build muscle. Should you lift explosively or controlled? The next question was, for somebody who's been counting macros and tracking their food for a very, very long time, what are some recommendations and advice we have to help them transition to a more intuitive eating lifestyle? It can be quite stressful always counting macros. So we give our advice in, the, in that part of this episode. The next question, this person just had a baby. They're only sleeping like six hours a night and they're waking up every two or three hours. How should they work out and how should they structure their nutrition? And the final question, this person wants to know how we balance our lives with our most challenging challenges. In other words, what do we find most difficult to balance in each of our lives? Also, this month, get ready for summer. MAPS HIT is 50% off. I'm ready. HIT stands for High Intensity Interval Training. This is the best fat-burning MAPS program we have in a short period of time. It's half off. Here's what you do. Go to MAPSHIT.com, M-A-P-S-H-I-I-T dot com, and use the code HIT50, H-I-I-T, five zero, no space, for that discount. And if you want to check out our other MAPS programs, go to MAPSFitnessProducts.com. Also, uh, we may have some spots available for our live event in Encinitas on the 10th of this month. There's like two left, Sal. There might be two or three tickets left. Go to mindpumplive.com. See if you can still get a ticket. Come say hi to us. Give Adam a hug. Yeah. Uh, give Justin we'll a, reciprocate. a little pinch in the butt cheek. Ooh. What's the matter, Adam? Are you cutting your caffeine now? 
Are you really? Uh, I You're think you're not going to do it. Well, I think it's I'm due just because I noticed. Justin's a naysayer. He, he yeah. doesn't want anybody to. Or because I can't. I don't want you going up while I'm going down. <laughs> Whoa. Sometimes. <laughs> Wait a minute, dude. Hey, listen. That came, that I know came, where you're going with that it. Came That's out not wrong. where I'm going. Yeah. That's not where I'm going. <laughs> no, really. Are you are you cutting it down? Uh, well, I can't say that since I was just noticing that I had a lot today and I don't feel like I had it. How much did you have? Uh, let's see here. Two. Let's see here. Let me do the math here. Two hundred. 300, is it, 400, 500. I've had about 500 milligrams, I would say. Uh, that's not crazy for, for me. you. That's for you. Your your high for you is what six six hundred or more. For, day so I, I, the, what a recent podcast we talked about uh, something. I don't remember. We were talking about winging ourselves <laughs> off of some something, right? Some <laughs> hey, we talked about something once. Yeah. Yeah, that we thing? did. Yeah. That one we thing we definitely did? covered that. And, and I was sharing uh, cannabis and caffeine and how I have my rate. So caffeine oh, yeah. is. 400 600 milligrams so once i start getting around that where i'm at four or 600 milligrams and i feel like i feel right now which is i had it just a few hours ago and i already feel kind of tired yeah uh, that's normally my sign that okay i've ramped up too much time to go the other direction here's the strategy i'm gonna tell you guys i just i, I swear to god i hacked this you i swear to god karate chop the air right that's what i'm doing right now I, no uh, i uh <laughs> so i i'm obviously more sensitive than you guys are to caffeine i've talked about this before but i found the strategy so that I don't have to go off for two weeks uh, at a time to get myself, you know, my, my sensitivity back up. What I do is I take ayahuasca. Yep, ayahuasca. Yeah. <laughs> that totally works. I, it seems I, to be. The I sprinkle it on my third eye, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise known as it's, it's, it's the well the, that keeps giving. The brown eye it seems yeah. to be the answer for a lot of people. No, these days. no, what, exactly. <laughs> no, what I do is uh, I don't. I don't have. Just I have little ayahuasca. I have no caffeine at all. Uh, about between two to three days a week. So two to three days a week, I have no caffeine at all. And that allows me to, to use a normal amount on the other days and feel it. So I save the caffeine for the days that I want it, which is my heavy lifting days. That's it. So if you took like one or two days off a week, psh, you, you'd be able to just consistently use it all the time. It's because you're using it every day. Yeah. I think that's what the problem is. Yeah. there's yeah. Like, Right now, I just, man, one of my favorite times of the day is that that first cup yeah. of coffee. Oh, I know, I, Justin, I, I know a, you can I relate. I thought it was the reviews. Uh, I'm, about, I feel for you, brother. <laughs> my favorite time of the yeah. week. It's my favorite, favorite time of the week. That's my, that is, that's my favorite time yeah, of the week. Yeah. My second favorite time of the week yeah. is when my coffee's ready. That morning, Joe. There's nothing like waking up to a smell of a good cup of coffee. <laughs> Downstairs, yeah. I know you know. Oh yeah. What if you just smelled it? I'm yeah. not giving it up. And then so. poured it down. Have fun with that. <laughs> just have Katrina brew Justin, it. Justin, Justin rubs it all over his body. That's how much he drinks. Coffee grounds. He drinks so much coffee. Sometimes you guys think that I have a beard, but it's just grains of just coffee. Slap it on me, bro. You have? Do you, have you ever calculated the amount of caffeine that you have every day? <laughs> no. Why? I don't do math. He needs a calculator for it. Yeah, Hold for on. Sure. Let's do the math right now. And don't lie. Let's be honest. He's gonna lie. No. He's gonna lie. Reveal my yeah. addiction on air. <laughs> what is this, Ricky Lake? Yeah, no. Be honest. Okay, that's not even hasn't been on air for like a decade, by the way. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> you just dated yourself. What, Nobody says that anymore. I, 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 I reference Lane as Ricky Lake. He's yeah, the Ricky Lake of fitness. Yeah. See, there you go. What is it, the Phil Donahue Jenny show? Jones. I don't know. I'll throw yeah. a different one out. So there. hold on a second. Seriously, how much caffeine? Give me a typical current day. So you wake up oh, in the morning. You have an energy drink He's on the way lie. here. Well, I have Cup Zero. He can uh, sit for one. That's, what? Uh, it, What's Cup? Cup Zero is the one that just doesn't count. You just got to get in. As quick <laughs> whoa, as possible. Whoa, wait a second. <laughs> you guys don't do that. You have a Cup Zero. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's like the shitty, you know, home brew that like I just don't count. It doesn't do anything other than like open my eyelids. That's the. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. he has a name for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Cup Zero, dude. Then I make my Zero. way straight to either Pete's or Starbucks. Starbucks, now there's like a drive-thru like, that I'm driving my way out so I can get my nitro. And okay. I hit my nitro. That's a grande size. So what's that? Like 320 ounces? 350 probably. Yeah. Is it really that much? Maybe. Wow. Maybe man. more. So 300, 350. I don't, I don't like this game. And then, who cares? It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, You're fine. Fine, fine. You had the Cup Zero, which You're is probably another 200. Yeah, so that's right. already 500, 550. Okay. Now. And then what'd you do? Now he, st- hey, now he starts counting for real. <laughs> now I'm like, okay. <laughs> now, now we today couldn't. started, gentlemen. Uh, but I want to enhance this day. <laughs> and so I get into the studio and then I'm like, oh, I feel great. I'm going to get some water. You know, I'm going to kind of balance it out. Oh, yeah, we have nitro on tap. Oh, my God. And so I'll go, like, do, like, a quarter full of uh, – I'll fill that up. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll have a, a little pill of athenine. Okay, good. That's good. With it. That's and good. And then, um, yeah, and then I'm on to my Organifi Pure. And uh, nice I drink. might have one more cup, actually, you know, as the day progresses, depending then, on the day. You, now, are we gonna, can we count the coffee that you drink when you leave work, or are you just counting That's the one I just said. That's the last one? Yes. Oh, you're like a 1,000. Yeah. You're like a 1,000 milligrams. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you got to lay off, because the next step, you know what the next step is? Heroin. Yep, cocaine <laughs> and heroin. <laughs> yeah, I was it's like- the gateway to heroin. Heroin wouldn't do it. I think cocaine might do it. Yeah, yeah. he sprinkles that it's in some like, water. I, I need I need an upper. Dude, speaking of, of cocaine- <laughs> <laughs> Yo, great. Hey, Skinny Dip's going to yeah. love you referring to their yeah. almonds as fucking- so- is, there, is there more shrimp partying out there? Is Bro, that what's happening? Scratch that commercial. Their flavor, their dark chocolate mint, could they make it more addicting? Yeah. Oh, oh my God, it's so good. It's my favorite. But so check this out. So I have the macro comparison right in front of me, right? Yeah. 15 normal almonds, 104 calories, 9 grams of fat, 3.5 grams of carbohydrates, 3.8 grams of protein. That's just plain naked almonds. Naked. Naked. Ooh. Nothing. Sexy. Skinny dipped almonds, which are way more delicious. Far from naked. Oh, way boy. more delicious. Yeah. 150 calories. It's only another 45 calories. Mm. 12 grams of fat, 11 grams of carbohydrates, 5 grams of protein. The macros on skinny dipped almonds are Legit. amazing. They did a fantastic Legit. job. It's like, I feel like these are the almonds for competitors. Because you know how competitors are always talking about, what can I, oh, what can I have snack on? Because I can't have mac, whatever. Skinny dipped almonds. You know, why I, you, why I you know do that asshole voice right there? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I ever talked like that. Yeah, you yeah, you do. Right I can you. only have this many I calories. I can only have them. I brought my bag that specifically has a compartment for Doesn't this. fit in my macros yeah, yeah, yeah. today. No, it, it sounds a lot like that. No, but it's another 45 calories for a serving of almonds, and you get chocolate, mint, or peanut butter, or whatever. Those are my favorite. They have, did you see that they have them on American Airlines? Did someone send you guys a picture too? Yeah, yeah. I saw it on Instagram. Somebody posted. They're oh, wow. everywhere now. Wow. Yeah. They, everywhere. Have, they have a store locator. CBS is where I get them all the On the, the Skinny Dip website has a store locator so you can find where they're at and, and try them yourself. Hey, you know how I know people love Skinny Dip? Uh, you see it all over their face. Oh, do I have some on me right now? Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> that powder, though. I mean, it's... it's yeah, The gets, chocolate powder? Yeah, it gets everywhere. It's, it's, it's good, though. Speaking yeah. of our favorite brands, we are getting ready to head off to one of our favorite brands and companies, Viore. Oh, I can't Ooh. wait. Yeah, this Friday. We oh, will see wait. you soon, SoCal. Do we have go Doug, shopping. Do, do we have any tickets left? I thought there was a few left. They might be sold out by the time this goes live. Well, like you could try. MindPublive.com. You could try if you want to come. There might be like two or three that are available. And I know that Viore... Is do they give a discount to the people attending as well? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, do, oh, by the way, did you see their 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 shorts that they made that were? Let me see the name of them. Recyclable. Yeah, no, not that the shorts are recyclable. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's made out of recyclable plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we knew that. Yeah. <laughs> No, they have. There's two types of shorts. They're they bank have. shorts and they're cruise board shorts. Yes, there and they're go. made from uh, recycled plastic bottles. They're recyclable then. So I guess you're right. Well, you don't. <laughs> All right. So each short. <laughs> when you're done, you can take them the so same place. So check this out. Oh, that's an, true. an average pair of the bank shorts or the board shorts, 25 plastic bottles. Hmm. Justin shorts, 65. <laughs> <laughs> We got two sales. You just, <laughs> you know, just stitch them together. It's a lot. Of, <laughs> yeah, I, these are the normal ones. A lot of material. Normal plastic bottles. Yeah. Gallon bottles. For <laughs> gallon. gallon. <laughs> I take a bodybuilder. You know, they yeah. those big ass. Viore unfortunately has no discount codes for his shorts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. just, I got to triple up. Yeah. Extra glutes. Yeah. No, but that's a that's a that's. A, and have you felt the, the I, bro, fabrics made from recycled plastic? Their material is off the chain. Yeah. Oh, it's great. All of it. Stretchy, breathable, all, all that stuff. People. People are finally getting on board too now. They're blowing up though, man. I just so I every morning I read uh, Morning Brew and Hustle are my two like newsletters that I like to read. And it was just like two or three mornings ago. Um, I saw Viore was like the main ad in there again, and they were talking about them coming after uh, Lululemon. So mm. they 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 are now like I mean they're being now compared. In yes, the same, yeah, wow. yeah. So it's uh, they're they're there now, and now a big portion of our audience is has got on board and has like bought it and tried it. Once I, you once you get a pair. Like a, like anything, that's a great a great piece of clothing. Once you get one pair, and you're like, oh shit, this is legit. Yeah. My whole my whole I have a one dresser in our spare room that is like almost all converted to Viore. Well, so 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 I was in Campbell with Jessica for Cinco de Mayo, um, and which was crazy. It was crazy over there, by the way. I forgot it was Cinco de Mayo. Sorry, Adam. Anyway, I'm I'm, yes. I'm walking around. Yeah, don't mean to offend your people. Yeah, that was this, racist. This yeah. guy, this guy, <laughs> this guy yells at me from across the street. And he's like, "Mind pump!" And so he runs over with his buddies, and they're all big fans, and they're all wearing Viore, and they wanted to show me, dude, we got the Viore, Viore. Yeah, we love the shit, bro. Yeah. It's so awesome or whatever. I was like, "This is cool, man." That, yeah, people are <laughs> doing that. He's out there, yeah, and then pointing the it out, out like a you gang know? Side. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah, totally. Dude, did you guys see the the study? Did it? Uh, I wonder if it was Enzo or Jackie that shared it, uh, or maybe no one shared it. I, they share a lot of studies with us in, in articles. This one was about sunscreen. Hmm. So the, there was an FDA study that came out that showed that people who regularly use sunscreens may be absorbing, ready for this, higher than safe levels of active ingredients into their bodies. Now remember, this is based off what of- kind of active, quote unquote, ingredients? Well, so there's, sunscreens will work one of two different ways. One, they block, they like re reflect the UV rays. Mm-hmm. Or two, which is the more common sunscreens, they absorb the UV rays and disperse them. Those are the chemical-based uh, sunscreens. That the just sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. Well, a lot of these chemicals have, you know, xeno xenoestrogenic type properties, like almost like these hormone disrupting properties. Mm -hmm. But you know, they say, oh, if you don't use them that much or whatever, you're not getting that much in your system. What they're finding is people who use a lot of these sunscreens. Their, the levels that they're getting in their blood of these chemicals is higher than what the FDA will even deem as safe. And you know the FDA standards are Damn. not great. Wow. Here's the other part of it. Uh, the the sunscreens, um, I think Hawaii, if I'm not mistaken, maybe Doug can find this out. Yeah, they've banned certain uh, sunscreens because uh, of the chemicals, right? Because the chemicals water. are fucking with the marine life. Yeah, I've so, heard about that. Yeah, so how crazy is that? So you know what's funny? It's like, People are putting on sunscreen to prevent skin cancer and sun damage, 
but we're seeing a rise in other types of cancers because of the lack of vitamin D mm. because they're not getting the sun. Jesus. And or we can't win. Potentially other types. Well, here's the thing. What do white people like me do, Sal? Do you just you just stay inside your cave? Yeah. No, this, <laughs> yeah. Here's what you do. The best thing you could possibly do to prevent skin cancer is to slowly acclimate to the sun, allow your body to adapt and build your own natural uh you know ability to block what does that mean can new regulations help that's hawaii that's hawaii hawaii and key west Mm. they both banned them wow because the because the chemicals are are hazardous to the coral reef coral reef and potentially to uh to people as well how funny is that see this is this is what pisses me off it's like Oh, there's the chemical right there. Uh, oxybenzone is one of them, mm. which is the most common one. If you have sunscreen at home, look at the back of it. It's probably going to have oxybenzone in it. The sunscreens that I recommend are the ones that are made with zinc, zinc oxide or titanium oxide, not the nanoparticulized versions because then you'll absorb those minerals, mm. but just the normal ones. And yes, they do leave a slight white sheen on the body, but here's what I've noticed with them. Way more effective at preventing uh, sunburn. If I put that on my kids, they go out in the sun all day long. I don't have to reapply. It's just way, way, way better. And it's not the chemicals or whatever. It's just what I wanted is to look more white <laughs> yeah, on just the a, beach. Just, <laughs> I, mean, it's, I do it because, you know, kids I have like, to. But kids are like, Casper. I'm like, man. The friendly ghost. Like, like add insult to injury. You know I mean? I, it's like anything else, dude. Like, imagine if people, actually, this happens all the time. If people weren't active and then went to the gym and beat the crap out of themselves, they would show that that would cause all kinds of illnesses and problems. Same thing with the sun. I think people just don't ever go outside and they're like, we're going to go to the beach this weekend or I'm going to do this one outdoor thing and that's that I never do and then they get sunburn. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. You got to slowly acclimate yourself to the sun. And of course, there's there's individual variants in genetics like Justin will never, sorry, have this sun ad- ad- adaptation <laughs> process, you know. I've worked on it Capabilities yeah. like, like, like Adam or I. I know my potential. How dark? Do you get pretty dark, Adam? I do. I get really dark. But you know what happened as I've gotten older, and I actually have it because where were we just recently? In my, we were, oh, we were up in um, where we just where we just come back. Oakland from? Hills. Yes, Oakland Hills, and we were outside that entire time, and I was soaking up the sun. I get these little sun sun bumps, you know. Mm. That now, where when I was a kid, I could just sit in the sun all day long, no problem with nothing on me, and I'd be fine. But I will, though, and I don't really burn. I just get darker and darker and darker. The, the only thing that I get now is I get these little sun bumps. If I, if I was in the sun too long, I'll get that, and they're, they're kind of Really? Itchy. Yeah, yeah I get, like, either more freckles or negative freckles. What's a negative freckle, it's, huh? Uh, they disappear? Like white. Like, it looks like... like like it's weird. It's like I'm a, pretty the, sure the inverse cancer. of it. Yeah, it's not because it's like it's. Oh, it's like, just dying skin. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> Skin's Never got falling you off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get these weird blisters. So far, I'm fine, dude. If you guys saw me when I was a kid, I was. I'd go to vacation. Uh, you know, my parents would take me to Italy, and when we were in Italy, I mean, there was all we would did. Everything was outside, and it was in the summertime. I'm not even exaggerating, bro. I get like black dark. Yeah, yeah, like I, super. Super insanely uh, dark. I have that. I have that ability. But if I don't acclimate myself to it, I'll burn. Yeah, for sure. I see. I won't. I get these little. But I mean, I'm getting these bumps. I'm definitely getting a reaction from it. You know, you were you were sharing off air before we got on that you were going to share with us what this this new sex act that you and Jessica have been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're not practicing. We're super it. curious. Yeah, about this. not so, at all. Well, you're you're doing, doing, don't lie. What is we're it? not uh, at all. Apparently, with figs. Yeah, uh, we're not at all practicing. Yeah, inform this. us. No, dude. Uh, I, somebody shared this article with me because I tend to post funny, crazy articles in my um, Insta story, 
And the one that uh, someone shared me, it was this this sex act that's apparently getting popular in the subculture or whatever called figging. Mm. Figging. What what culture? Like who's doing oh, fuck, this? Fuck, I have no idea. Weird people. Like, well, I don't want to say weird people, but it's, but I'm sorry, it's kind of strange to me. They take. Here's what they do. You ready for this? Yeah, yeah. They take a um, uh, piece of ginger, and they peel it, peel the ginger so that it's like bare or whatever. Okay. And they carve it into mm. the shape of like a butt plug. So you guys know what the shape of a butt plug is. One end is bigger than the than one end. That way you don't lose it. Okay, like a wine oh, cork. So this is, kind this of is already so like, informational. And yeah. they they'll put it up their butt, and yeah. then the ginger because ginger's kind of spicy and hot. Ooh. It starts to like burn, and yeah, and they find it as kind of like this. Uh, like the, uh, I was reading the article, these are people who are into the whole like dominatrix and yeah. submissive thing. My ass is burning. So yeah, and they'll get off on. So they'll tie each other up, whatever. Put one of these things in their butt, and then they'll like hit each other and shit. And <laughs> apparently they like it, <laughs> but it doesn't. It gets worse. Sounds awesome. Some people, some people will put it in their vagina. Some men will put it in their urethra. Oh, why though? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Urethra, dude. like that's a no zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, hey man. I mean, not to mention all the previous entries. Yeah, yeah. No, well, people, humans are, we're such intelligent creatures that we just make everything weird. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We got to just go crazy with everything. But you know where the term frigging, uh, figging came from? Yeah. How, how does get, how do you get figging out of ginger? <laughs> so figging came from the term, I think it's fuegging, F-E-U-G-G-I-N-G. This was a practice that horse trainers would do where they would take a piece of ginger put it up the horse's butt because it would make the horse walk real tall and, and stick and stick their tail up so they looked real proper when they would bring them to competitions Ooh. and it became it became well known and then became illegal to the point where then judges would have to check to see if you were figging mm. or flagging or whatever how i don't they, know they just right. like sniff in there how they find out yeah i don't know the yeah. horse only only your fans yeah. you know would send that are, re- are reading shit like this dude i uh, this stuff fascinates me did you know there's there's people that are considered ecosexuals yeah, those are the ones that are banging the earth. Literally. Yeah. Like helping trees. Like like trees in the ground. Or the dirt yeah. or flowers or plants. And they'll do that. And they and they get off on having sex with I'm pretty sure I humped my bed a few times as a, a young a young adolescent there. Sure. Yeah, just because it was there. Yeah. You were yeah. laying on well, it. Well, this is the organic version, sounds like. If you're if, yeah. <laughs> we're playing we're all playing as kids, he falls on his stomach. Ah, uh, get up, Adam. Hold on. <laughs> Give me a minute. Yeah. Something's happening. Why is he dragging himself yeah. across the grass? T- terrible transition, but you just you reminded me because you said people sending stuff to you. I I I feel the need to. Uh, I don't know if it's correct, but maybe elaborate a little bit. The talk that you and I had uh, the other day about kratom. I got a a, a long email from a uh, recovering addict that's actually going through this twelve step program, and I, I believe it was his best friend or somebody very close to him. Uh, died from an overdose of kratom. Oh, really? Yeah, I knew it, man. Wow. Yeah, and so, and I thought you did a really good job of, uh, as much as I was saying that I, I wish it was around when I went through my, uh, you know, Vicodin addiction of, of of warning people that you could actually get just mm-hmm. as addicted to that. And I made the the argument that well, Jesus, you'd have to take so many. Uh, in order to do that, well, it sounds like there's been enough cases where people have done this enough to where somebody who was listening had a friend that did that and then and just wanted me to share that, that it, you know, it, it's not. Um, and, and he made a good point in the email. And by all means, if you have a extremely addictive personality, uh, I, I'm not a doctor and I'm not recommending that you go 
use something like Kratom. My point was for someone like myself who recognized uh, the addiction that I was having uh, chemically to it and found that if I would have had something like that, it would have made the process Mm. easier for me. I did it on my own. I don't have... I don't think I have very addictive behaviors. Uh, I don't think I struggle with addiction. Uh, anytime I've ever felt that I've been addicted to anything at all, I've been able to uh, wing myself off. But mm-hmm. if you are somebody who struggles with addiction and you have a very addictive personality, that absolutely a 12-step program or seeking help uh, is a much better way of going about it than uh, I'm not recommending that you go use Kratom. So I just want to make that very clear. Yeah, it's not the substance that's addictive or it's the per, it's the person that gets right. addicted so right. that's why it's important so if you're if you're in a bad space and you're looking for an escape uh kratom is going to be bad for you just like right, uh, right. just like vicodin is going to be bad for you um and no and that was my my big issue with it was there are people in the fitness space who are making they're they're talking about kratom, kratom the same way people in the fitness space are talking about sarms hmm. like it's all positives zero negatives there are no whatever right, right. very irresponsible um, and, and you're and this is what ends up getting things ad- uh, illegal uh, or or getting people in trouble. Just be straight up honest. Just talk about it like a real thing. Like, okay, here's what it does. Here's what it doesn't do. Just like the way we talk about cannabis, even though we're all fans, we're very honest with the fact that there's some potential negatives as yeah, well. Yeah, you can still become a loser. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And you can, and that could be your substance of choice. Right. Speaking of substances, as of the recording of this episode, so when this airs, we'll know. If Denver is going to decriminalize yes, the use of news. magic mushrooms, wow, of psilocybin. Now, is this going to be? I didn't read the full article, but I did see it come across. Yeah, just clinical, or yeah, is that medicinal? Be, okay, medicinal. so and so under the supervision of a psychiatrist, or how does? Do you know how it's? I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent. I think what it is is that personal amounts of use are illegal, but not criminalized. So, in other words. Uh, like uh, I think there's a past a certain amount you can get in big trouble, but I think a personal amount will become where whereas before if you got caught with a personal amount, a small amount of uh, magic mushrooms, you could face jail time and stuff like that. Now I think it's going to be like a ticket or a warning or something like that. But we need to be more more. Uh, we need to figure it out now. What what's, what the exacts are? What is your guys's opinion on that? Are you pro or totally? Against? Yeah, totally. I, I'm I'll, two reasons. One, uh, morally speaking and philosophically speaking, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's absolutely fucking insane that people should be thrown in jail or their money should be forcefully taken, which would be a fine for doing nothing but hurting themselves. So even if you think that someone's hurting themselves with a substance, it's very strange that you find someone, hey, you over there, sir, hurting yourself. We want to help you uh, by throwing you in jail, making it hard for you to get a job, or by you having to... It's it's insane to me. It's extre- extremely tyrannical. It doesn't make any sense. Now, if someone on a substance hurts someone else or steals someone's stuff or damages someone's property, mm. totally should be in trouble. But if you're doing something to yourself, that makes no sense. That's the moral argument. The other side of it is we're finding now through studies that there's an there's potentially some credible applications medicinally for psilocybin, in particular psychotherapy applications. <clears throat> and the scheduling of psilocybin makes it very difficult to use or even study mm-hmm. uh, in this particular case. And I feel like we've lost decades of research because of the scheduling right, like of psilocybin. Right, like post-traumatic stress and like end-of-life care, like these types of like fields, I feel it's, gonna, it's exciting news 
you know, if, if we're able to then introduce, you know, this into the, into that therapy and, and have them have access to it and, and really benefit, you know, with their, with their patients from that. Wasn't there just a study in this last year about PTSD and, and mushrooms? Like it was, it, I think it was, it was uh, a ridiculous number of people that saw. Well, no mushrooms. Psilocybin was, there was a study on end of life therapy. I think PTSD was with MDMA. Oh, that's right. That yeah. was MDMA. You're yeah, right. but with with PTSD, uh, I there's I saw one on Well, there too. might be. There might be. I know there's one for sure on end of life where people. Mm-hmm. One of the the biggest uh, challenges with being terminally ill. I can't spell. So is the uh, is is you know obviously the, the the depression, fear, and anxiety around the fact of yeah. knowing that you're going to die uh, soon, and so the prescription of uh, anti-anxiety medications and uh, antidepressant drugs and all these other substances goes through the roof whenever you're terminal because it's just it's a scary place. I couldn't imagine being in a position knowing I was going to die in, in a few months or even a year, right? Mm-hmm. What they did is they took people who were terminal, they had them do a therapy session under psilocybin, and these people came out and it was like a significant improvement in their anxiety and fears around death. Here's my belief. What do they attribute to that? Yeah, what's the the big takeaway? Uh, bec- becoming okay with, you know, the other side. Um, yeah. or, or, seeing, or seeing the beauty in the most simple things. Yes. Or, I'll tell you what, I did nothing like looking at it, some trees or some flowers or some clouds mm, when you're on that being shit. ultimately present. Yeah, yeah. Well, and where I also think that it, uh, it helps people <laughs> uh, believe that their soul or their being trans- will transcend their physical life. So they do this. And then they think, oh, you know what? This this is just all part of the cycle or whatever, and they become at peace with it. I, you know, I'm not quite sure because now, do you these know- substances are they're, it's kind of murky in terms of how exactly they work. But yeah, we do know exactly. that they work in a lot of cases. Now, do you know so how much? Because um, I, I I've yet to experience a, a full dose of psilocybin. I've only I've been too scared to go. <clears throat> full psychedelic on any of this stuff. So I've microdosed things like this before and, and had nothing but a positive experience, but I'm still, I haven't gone all the way in the deep end. Do you know what uh, the dosage that they're using for this? Is that mostly microdosing that they're using this or are they going full psychedelic? So the studies, there's been studies on big doses, but a lot of the studies that are showing great benefits are on lower doses. Hmm. So, and that's, you know, it's of course, mm-hmm. of course, right? What do people do with anything that, that feels good. We take a shit ton of it. What they're doing in these studies also is they're not giving people psilocybin and then go here, go take this wherever you want to take it on your own. Uh, set and setting matters a lot. It's a guided experience. It is. They're talking to a therapist yeah. while they're going through this. They're, they're integrating what they're, they're seeing. through things. Yes. And yeah. they're in a safe environment. Like I couldn't imagine being on a substance like this and doing it like at a rave or doing it, you know, at a party. I've heard horror stories of people who like, oh, I ate magic mushrooms, and then I went to this massive, you know, you know, kegger or whatever. It's like, and I, of course, yeah. you're, you're, you know, it's a scary situation to be in, right. to be on those types of things. So, I don't know. It's pretty interesting, but anyway. Yeah, that's so Denver's uh, going for it, huh? They are, and here's the thing: keep them, keep keep your eyes open. So you guys know how I own shares of GW Pharmaceutical. That's the company that sells, uh, that's making pharmaceutical drugs off of CBD. Which is exploding. The, the price of the shares right now, as of this podcast, is like 180. I bought them at nine. Yeah. Wow! Pay attention to pharmaceutical companies oh, that yeah. will be using psilocybin. Oh, if yeah. that shit becomes legal, or they or they get what's called the FDA fast track or whatever, 
fucking pay attention because the hype alone, man, will get that shit. Well, this gig is in the quality's going to go up and all that whole process too. Yeah, once Absolutely. once they get their hands on yeah. it, uh, it was funny. So my my oldest, he got invited to this party and. Um, it was actually right down the street from our house. So it was at this like gym that, uh, usually it's only open for the campers that live in the area or that they bring in for like these special camps. And I guess now you can like rent it out. And so, uh, one of his friends like rented the place out and invited like everybody there. And so since it's so close, like we're like, okay, well we'll just, you know, drive you and drop you off or whatever. He's like, no, no mom. Like I'm going like on my bike. I'm going to wear this helmet and wear this shirt. I'm going to cruise in without you guys. And he's like imagining doing this whole like hard break stop. Like, like, Hey guys, <laughs> like I'm here. You know, That's <laughs> like your oldest? Yeah. he's at that point now where like, he wants to be like really cool, you know? And like, like this is like, he's going to make this massive impression at this party. And like me and Courtney were just like holding back, dude, like just I'm, dying laughing. I'm telling you, dude, your boy, this, your oldest, cracks me up. He was <clears throat> he was trying, he was making my daughter yeah. laugh her ass off. He's totally dude. showing off, and we're gonna go, we're gonna go do Yosemite. I can't wait to see yeah. what he does. And she thinks he's the funniest thing in the world, dude. I just, yeah, like, I, oh, I kept no. imagining, like, what does he think? Like, so all of a sudden, everybody stops, you know, mid track, like, whoa, he's here by yeah. himself. Is like, he gonna he, wear his tuxedo? Like, can you even do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like he's on a bike? Like he didn't get like what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're so cool. He's, yeah. You know, like he's like the you know, the, the star of the he party. He like drops his bike, he yeah. just starts walking in. Hey, what's yeah, up? that's right. What's up, everybody? <laughs> yeah. Oh, your parents I'm a dropped box. you off? Yeah. yeah. Your parents yeah. dropped you? Yeah. I rode. Loser. Yeah. You wanna ride? Get on my bike, let me show you. Oh, I was like, oh my god, this is so funny to watch. It's so you funny. Know? Dude, yesterday I go to pick up my, my kids from school and my son goes, he he, he got out and I wasn't there in time, so he went to the, they have like this aftercare classroom or whatever they go to. Yeah. So I walk in and cause my daughter's doing her girl scout thing or whatever. So I walk in to get my son and he didn't see me walk in. Right. He's sitting on the couch and he's got like four girls around him. Obviously all, all in the same grade or whatever. Yeah. And they're like asking them all these, I couldn't hear what was going on. I tried to hear. I was like, what are they asking? <laughs> but they're asking him questions and you could tell they're trying to make him embarrassed. And he's like, you ever see like you remember when you were like thirteen? Oh yeah. And you were just figuring out how to like act around girls. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you got kind of like this trying to be cool, but you can't help but smile because you've like chicks are talking to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you kind of got this look, you know? You're like things are going yeah. well. And he tries to act cool. He's like, hey, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but he's got this smile on like his lips. Not lip. laugh too hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then one of the girls spots me. She's like, oh, your dad's here. He's like, oh, and he poof, slams his computer shut, <laughs> walks over, let's go. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, bro? I'm out of here. Yeah, like, what are you doing? I'm, and in my mind, of course, you know what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, he's going to want to lift. Yeah. Now that the girls <laughs> yeah. are talking to him. Oh, yeah. Uh, you just wait, Get dude. them biceps. <laughs> I remember the first time a girl noticed that I had some muscle. That was like all the motivation I needed forever. That's, that's game changer <laughs> you know right I mean? Like, Sal's got muscles. Say what? Yeah. I'm working out it again. It reminds me that scene, live in, here. scene in American Beauty when she walks over and she like touches his arm. I like muscles. Oh, yeah, yeah, instantly yeah. in the garage. That's all we need. That's all we need. So I was reading my uh, my articles this morning, came across the XFL is coming back again. No, no it's what? not. Dude. Yes, in 2020, 
It is, and it's supposed to debut uh, six days after uh, next year's. Vince Super- McMahon is he behind yeah. this? Five hundred million of his own money. Wow! What? He's got too much money. That's Bro. what it is. Was that the he hate me? <coughs> yes. With all those guys. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to make a run back. I can't believe it's coming, dude. How many times do they have to get their asses kicked? To, to- I, dude, I don't know. We'll see. Because this is how many times well, now the, has there been a competing? Well, the minor league idea already failed. Did you see that? Yeah, the fo- the uh, the the inner the uh, between college and uh, yeah. NFL type of uh, what was that? I forget what that was called. Uh, a- AFL or something. No, AAF. Are they gonna have like different rules or something like that to make it different? Yeah, yeah, they do. There's I mean spikes. Well, they highlight all the entertainment of it, which is kind of fun. So, in the article, what they say the difference this time versus last time is they tried to they spend a lot of energy around the out off the foot field shenanigans and Uh, drama, shit talking. Yeah, more like WWE. Where I think they're he's, I think they're really trying to make a competitor to the NFL. I mean, I I think they're going to be putting more of the effort towards the game. Five hundred million, you said? Yeah. So yeah. you of think his own money. So you think they're going to spend more time now trying to make it good football? Yes, to compete. That's going to be tough. I mean, I, I love that there's more options, but yeah, I don't know how it's going to do. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think the NFL has just been established for way too long that I can't imagine the the, the amount of run rate I would think that you would need. I mean, it's like the UFC now too. Yeah. Right? It's like too big, too fast, and how how do you take something like that down? Unless you have just, and which McMahon does, you know, mm-hmm. if you got fuck you money where you can just throw it at it to where, because that's the only way, right, is to, to attract good enough players that yeah. are willing to come over, and so you got to pay out, which, you know, I, I remember Pride tried to do that with UFC. See, what I, that's, so that's what I was just going to say. At one point, Pride was doing a good job competing with UFC, but here's why I think they did a good job. Because they had slightly different rules. Yeah. So instead like, of seeing people fight in a cool cage. They with having steroids. Yeah. Well, not, not just that. It, you, you Instead of seeing people in a cage, you saw people fight in a ring. That mm-hmm. changes the fight. Yeah. You could stomp on people. Stomp. Oh, the soccer kicks. But Ugh. in the UFC, you could elbow people. Yeah. So it was different. I, I would, you know, I would think that they would do well if they did. Like, let me ask you guys this. You guys are obviously much more <clears throat> privy to, to football. Sports. What are some, what are some rules in football that are unpopular? Well, right right now the it's not being able to hit the quarterback. Yeah, there's a lot of protection rules right yeah. now. Yeah. So if they like change of some that. of that or whatever, yeah. maybe it would make it more exciting or different because the rules would be a little different enough to where you'd be like, oh, you. you see I could see that in general, just from yeah, like how the technique of tackling, like they've had to like reduce a lot of like any kind of like collisions. You have to do it, like a very specific way to where they'll throw a flag because it's too violent or like you know you're hitting the head too much. Like they're trying to eliminate a lot of like head involved tackling. Or what if they change like the downs or something like that to where you I, have I, to pass on this. I down do or- believe that there are. I don't know. Well, I'd have to look up like. The they did it last time that there was different, a little bit they different, did? yeah, different oh, okay. rule changes. So uh, I'm sure there'll be some. I mean, what's the point of uh, of a competitor if you don't try and offer something better or yeah. different? What right? if they could put like mics in everybody's helmets so you uh, could literally talk to the players? They as might you're do. They might do things like this. Like to me, I that think would no, be cool. No I matter hope, what, I hope it's more violent. I think the, me personally, <laughs> I think the future of all professional sports, and you already see the uh, you know they, them integrating this. So if you, I mean, I know you're not watching any of. NBA playoffs or not, but they started doing this almost a decade ago or or so. Especially in playoffs, they they highlight this like on TNT and stuff where 
they'll pick one player from the game and he's mic'd the entire right. the entire time. Right. And then they'll you know during commercial break they'll do little clips like little thirty second clips of him you know doing like hyping up the team or talking about plays or whatever like that. Yeah. So we've already started to integrate that into sports already. I think that you know eventually it'll be full on where you could just follow your favorite player and and be able to listen to what he's saying or or seeing the entire game. Yeah, it's interesting, interesting. too, because, like, you think that the uh, numbers, like, you know, like, sign out for football have gone way down amongst Mm -hmm. kids and amongst schools and all that. So, but... But he's bringing on a whole nother league of football at, at the same time. It's interesting because I, I do feel on some level, though, that like we are drawn to MMA for a reason. We are drawn to boxing for a yes. reason. We are drawn to football for a reason. I just don't see that going anywhere. You the know? higher the stakes, the more exciting the sport. That's, That's just it. the bottom line. Like you, Poker, boring as fuck, but poker for a million dollars in the pot, exciting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Football is exciting because the stakes are... Besides a game, like yeah. you fuck up, it's dangerous. Gonna, exactly. I mean, there's exactly. no denying that, dude. Right. Do you guys see the uh, the IFBB's new uh, physique division or whatever? What wellness they're calling it? What Shut a, up. Well, a wellness you're, division you're in the IFBB? Me, Are you serious? And NPC? How did I not see this? Hundred percent. Are you serious? Positive. You just got trolled. What are the? Yeah. No. What, no, what no, the, no. 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 Tell me, Doug. Thing? Doug, look up. Uh, the, he'll pull it up right now for. What you. are the parameters? Uh, it's gonna be. Uh, Healthy looking bodies without defined lines and muscle separation. It's it's ba- it's this is the Bad irony mod. of it. It's what they wanted bikini and men's physique well, to originally be. The irony of this is they just keep opening more divisions. It's hilarious. They are, and here's the irony of it: wellness is not about aesthetics, but yet they're going to get on stage and try and display <laughs> what wellness looks like. They're oh my god, I'm so glad you didn't. Term. I wish you would have shared this before we started. I know, we can talk all about this. I know, I would love to talk more about this, but I don't know enough about this no, right now. No, no, yeah, when no. When did you see this? Uh, this was there was actually two questions under our qua on oh, Instagram. It's May 4th. This that, just was announced. Yeah, that wow. were regarding it. So oh. all, all I did was read the stuff that our comments that our client, you know, people say. Wow. So oh wow! We'll have to read. We'll have <laughs> to read. We'll have to read more up on this and then talk about. No, this, but this yeah, is fascinating. Uh, yeah, uh, how crazy though, right? Like yeah. they're they're trying to continue to push towards this. So without mainstream marketable. So without, I see. I don't. I think it's more about this. I, I have no idea yet. So I, I may come back and recant half of what I'm saying right now. But my guess is exactly the same thing that we saw happen with the men's physique and the bikini division, which was. Open up a division that is uh, looks less like they're on tons of anabolics, and then and it did look like that. If you go back to see uh, the the very first year of men's physique and the very first year of women's bikini, look very different. Oh my god, incredibly soft looking. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did you barely saw the abs on the guys, and very very little definition in, in their arms and shoulders. Like, and then each year. You know, the, the, it got crazier and crazier and crazier, and now now men's physique looks like you know classic bodybuilders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guys are crazy big. It's crazy what they were. So what they're walking I feel around. Like this it. is just a farming business so, for magazines. What right? it? What yeah. it? Yeah, that's what really what it Supplements. is. Supplements. But, but what? Yeah. What's happening? I mean, it's smart on IBB. They they just keep opening up. They're just they keep making the barrier to, barrier for entry. Uh, easier and easier for people to get involved, which is just introducing more people to the bodybuilding culture. Mm-hmm. But it's it'll do the same thing again. They'll come in, they'll look probably really soft, and then the winners will look 
harder and more defined and that'll continue to drive. Well, it. I'm reading about it right now and they haven't released the specific details of what they're going to look for, but the speculation is that they're going to be looking for a, an athletic physique without hard lines and hard definition. Which is what they said about men's physique and yeah. what they said about bikini when it first mm -hmm. came out. They mm -hmm. said the same thing. They're not they're not looking for somebody who's super diced up. So know? how are you going to judge this? You know what I'm saying? Like who looks the healthiest on stage? Yeah, <laughs> Who's the best looking? And it's so anti-wellness. Yeah. It really is. Wellness is not about aesthetics at all. Aesthetics is the side effect of wellness. Right. So to me, it's the, it's funny that they're, they're taking a term from a part of the industry that has not only has nothing at all to do with bodybuilding and those type of sports, but probably is anti those type of well, sports. Well, that's yeah. the, I think that's the, it's their answer to people like us talking about how unhealthy bodybuilding right. is, right? Yep. It's like, okay, we'll one up you guys. How about a wellness division? Yeah, exactly. We you know, got they, you. Yeah, we got you. Yeah. This is for wellness. This is the people. love your body yeah. division. Yeah. <laughs> Here we have John, <laughs> who's been restricting his food for 12 weeks and yeah. <laughs> terrible relationship. I keep waiting to for food. the husky division. That's yeah. what I'm going to say. Dad bod? Dad bod division. Yeah, we'll yeah it'll be interesting. I mean, it, what I foresee is the same thing that like I said we saw on men's physique and bikini and when it'll first come out and it probably will look like the wellness or it'll probably bro I wonder look like, just like what the men's physique and hold, bikini hold, first hold on time. a second as a you're a pro an mm -hmm. IFBB pro mm -hmm. does that open you up to compete in anything doesn't yeah, it yeah so you can compete in bodybuilding classic physique yeah, yeah anything in, the, in any any division I want and wellness yeah Oh shit! Yeah, you are kind uh -oh, of Adam's making a comeback. Wellnessy yeah. these days, maybe the wellness Olympia. I don't know. <laughs> if I tell you, if, if I liked getting up on stage, I would still be doing it. I know, I, I know. Yeah, I, w I wish I liked that stuff. How do they pose with like a Namaste? Yeah, <laughs> that would, they do. That will be funny. That's true, Downward huh? dog. Yeah, yeah every every division has different routines, so it'll be interesting to see what they decide what wellness would be. I mean, I would hope that they were smart. They, it would incorporate some sort of flexibility or mobility challenge. Mm. That would be smart. Like mm -hmm. if you're going to say it's a wellness division, and it's because one of the things I think that a majority of them, even the men's physique for sure, bodybuilding, very few of them have very good mobility. Oh. Most of them are just stiff as a stiff as a board. Most of them can't squat beyond ninety. Mm -hmm. Can't lift their arms above their head. So. I definitely think that if you're going to create a wellness division, there should be some sort of a mobility component in there, a flexibility component in there. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. Today's Quad is brought to you by Maps Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Maps Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpumpmedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. Eagle has landed. First question is from Mini Fig. Ooh, more fig talk. Oh my god, that's that was not planned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was not job, planned. Yeah. Justin, put put that one. Never mind. No, I'm going to put more, that away. Are more explosive reps or slower tempo reps better for hypertrophy? Oh, this is kind of a cool question. Yeah, it is. So first we should explain the what they mean between the different types of reps. So obviously explosive, you are lifting the weight um, quickly with force. You are really trying to move a weight fast. Slower tempo, obviously what it sounds like. It's a much more controlled tempo with the weight. Now, there, There's parameters to that. It's uh, <clears throat> a 
fast, explosive tempo is considered a one one one, and then a, a hypertrophy would be a four two two. Right now, studies will show that explosive reps. Now, let me finish this whole thing before everybody <laughs> freaks out. Explosive <coughs> reps build more muscle. Now, here's the here's the caveat. These are, if you saw these reps being performed, they would look controlled. Mm-hmm. So this is not ex- like what Adam would just said with the one one one, where someone's taking a light weight and moving it quickly, which is what real explosive movement is supposed to be. That's power. What they're talking about is they'll give test subjects a weight that's heavy for them, and they'll tell them to push it as fast as they can. But because it's heavy, the yeah, weight is still very fast. It's not moving very fast, and that does build more muscle. At least it activates more uh, muscle fibers. That being said. Uh, your body adapts to whatever you do. And I tend to lift this way. I tend to lift heavy, but push as hard as I can. Well, it's really exerting maximal effort right. like in that lift. And that's where you get a lot of benefit, like strength-wise, also hypertrophy-wise, uh, you know, from that kind of a tempo. But it ha- like making sure it's under control is everything. I mean, and that that's where, you know, the slower... Uh, tempo really that the advantage is definitely in the slower tempo in order to establish you know proper mechanics and to be able to control uh, you know that load properly. Right, and what I was going to say is uh, I when I do uh, most of my reps when I lift, especially my heavy lifts, they're explosive. They don't look like they're explosive because it's heavy. Yeah, but I am being explosive. But that being said, when I move out of that and I take a lighter weight and do slow and controlled reps, That's, I, was just gonna, I get muscle growth. I was just going to say yeah. that this is real similar to questions we've answered before where we talk about, and, and this is, I like this question because this is an area that um, I feel passionate about with what we talk about on the show because there's a lot of people in our space, in our field, that love to quote studies and, and, and use this. Well, studies will show that, you know, moving the weight more explosively recruits more muscle. Therefore, you build more muscle. Therefore, it's better for hypertrophy in a, you know, six-week controlled study in X amount of people, whatever. Now, the reality of it is if you train one of those ways and you've been training that way consistently for quite some time, meaning any time beyond about four to six weeks, that changing it up and doing the opposite, whatever one you're – opposite of whatever one you're doing – that one's going to build a lot of muscle. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is this is why it's so important to phase your workouts, and and it's so important to move in and out of different tempos, different mm-hmm. rest periods, different sets, different reps. Like all these things are important to be moving in and out, and all of them can build the most muscle. That's you know, right. If we were to compare them all, you know, everybody at starting point zero, then we can refer to these studies and go, oh, okay, yeah, this is true. This is better for hypertrophy. But that all goes out the window when you when somebody has been following that protocol for months on end and their body's extremely adapted to that and it's not seeing much change anymore. Simply moving to something that may have, uh, you know, scored the least on a muscle building uh, study will actually do very well for the body if that makes sense. Right. And and, and now here's the other thing: I very rarely recommended that any of my clients try and lift a weight explosively. Right. Because most people uh, lack the control, the stability in, to apply maximal force without their form going out the window. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Nine out of 10 people that I've trained, maybe even more if that's possible, I would always tell them to lift with good control because they just didn't have the, 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 the ability to apply. You take anybody, you tell them to squat 
just getting them to squat right is hard. But once mm-hmm. they get that down, you say, okay, squat up as fast and hard as you can, even with heavy weight. And you watch what happens to their knees, their hips, their back, and the injury rate goes up through the roof. So for most people listening, unless you're super experienced and super comfortable mm-hmm. uh, and, and with your lifts, it's always lift with control. The, the risk versus reward factor uh, ratio isn't great. It's, it's, it's not great. Like, let's say lifting explosively was, you know, 5% better. And I'm being generous. I don't even think it's that much. Is it worth the increased risk of injury that comes from lifting explosively? Probably not. If you lift all the time, probably not. Even myself... If I drive explosively too consistently, um, I notice my form starts to go off a little bit. And then what ends up happening when your form goes off and you combine that with maximal effort? That's a bad combination. Well, this is this should be the and this is one of the things I did like about um, NASM was I remember NASM. There was a I believe it was a seven step right. Was it a, a seven step progression? As far as like where you would, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a se- it's a yeah. seven step progression, and the very last thing is explosive power. Like right. that, that's the that is the that's the pinnacle that you're you're trying. So most client, and that's some clients that could take years to get there. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's one of the last things that I'd ever train somebody on. You'd have to be a pretty advanced lifter for me to to use techniques like that because. The risk versus reward, like yeah. you were saying, Sal. There's, they're more likely, their form is more likely to break down and potentially injure themselves, and then for forget the, getting muscle. Right for the yeah. little, the little bit of advantage we might be getting to adding a little bit more muscle by trying to be explosive. You're, you're probably risking a lot more than that. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I mean, it's another acute variable. Like these are things that we can manipulate uh, along the process of like interrupting what your normal routine is, so we can like. Uh, prevent it, you know, we can prevent like plateaus inevitably from occurring. So, uh, you know, reps are another one you can manipulate. Uh, you can manipulate rest. So, you know, say that we're cutting the rest in between going from one exercise to the other. And so you're going to get a different benefit from that. So there's just different things like this that you can tweak and modify, uh, to then, you know, continue your path of building muscle. Right. Now here, now here's the, the key to doing an explosive, uh, heavy rep. And this is why it, uh, it takes so long to get to this point. You have to learn how to get tight, really, really tight with your form. Like if I'm going to do a bench press and I'm working on maximum hypertrophy and strength and I want to use an explosive type of rep and I'm going heavy, the key to doing it without hurting myself is to get really tight, tight with my hands, tight with my shoulders, pull the shoulders back, tight with my hips. Everything's locked in position, lower with good control, explode, but I'm within this real narrow you know, particular uh, and specific range of motion that's safe. Same thing with the squat, same thing with the deadlift. You know, I can I can deadlift explosively, but before I do, I get really tight and tense up and, and maximize my position before I apply that force because otherwise you'll, I'll end up hurting myself. Next question is from Sarah Haney. What would you recommend for someone who's relied on counting macros for a long time to transition to intuitive eating while maintaining a lean physique. This is a hard transition for a lot of people, especially if you've been counting and tracking your macros for a long time. You know, to go from not knowing what's in your food to learning what's in your food and tracking is a hard step. Very, very difficult, right? We wrote a guide for this. Yeah, what we did, we have an intuitive eating guide that that talks about some of the strategies to get you to this point. Um, but it's hard to go from not tracking, not knowing what you're doing at all, to all of a sudden tracking, counting. But then what happens is you get into that rhythm, 
you know it's working for you. You know how to get lean. You know how to eat more to build muscle because you're tracking. But now you're like, okay, I've been doing this for a year, and it's just a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass to always count what I'm eating. It's It, it can become a stress in and of itself. Uh, I've worked with lots of people where this becomes a stress for them, where they, they don't want to go out unless they know what's exactly what's in food and you know what they're going to eat or whatever. Um, and it becomes very difficult. And moving out of it can be hard because – it's like you're taking the training wheels uh, off of the bike. Um, so here's how I recommend doing it. And this is the way I recommend doing any transition. Just do it really slow. The first thing I recommend to people who are, uh, who've relied on counting macros for a long period of time is to have one or two days a week that are intuitive. And what I mean by that is one or two days a week, do not aim for any kind of a macro number, but still write down the food that you're eating. So still write it down. So you're still tracking it in that sense, but you're not aiming for anything in particular. Now, here's the two things that I've I've seen people do when they do this. Either one, they end up eating the exact same food they ate the day before when they were aiming for macros. So they're like, oh, I'm eating intuitively today. And I look at their food logs. (laughs) I'm like, you ate the exact same food. So that's Mm kind of not the same thing. Or two, it becomes a cheat day where it's like, oh shit, I'm off. I'm going to just eat whatever the hell I want. Yeah. No, the idea is when you're going into this intuitive day, this this kind of experiment on yourself, is to try to eat foods that you think will serve you well. Uh, that's a very broad uh, category. So what will serve you well? Um, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out to dinner with my friends. What's going to serve me well? I want to enjoy what I'm eating. So I'm going to order things that I'm going to enjoy eating. That also means I'm not going to binge and make myself uncomfortable because you don't really enjoy that, do you? That's not that's that's more of a sign of rebelling than it is a sign of enjoying your food. So I'm going to go do that. Or maybe you're not. Maybe you're just going to work that day and it's a regular day and you're thinking, you know what? I've been eating a lot of uh, protein uh, for a long period of time. I think my body may do well on a day where I eat mostly vegetables, where I increase my fiber intake and I eat lots of vegetables. So I think that's what I kind of need. An experiment with that. And what you want to do on these intuitive days is uh, pay attention to how you feel. So you can start to see how your body actually responds to different types of foods. And then when you get comfortable with that one day a week or two days a week, make it three days a week and then make it four days a week. And then if you find that you're it's, it's going off the rails, scale it back, bring it back to two days a week. But little by little, you should be able to get yourself to the point where you're off tracking completely and you're eating more intuitively. And what will end up happening is you'll notice your body doesn't change much in the mirror. You still look pretty lean. You're still pretty fit. And it's this exhilarating feeling of being like, oh shit, I, I'm not tracking. Free. You've and lost I feel the good. Chains. Exactly. I would I would say um be patient and be careful of overcorrecting. So one of the things that I I would see, and that's really common with somebody who is like the super tracker, right? That tracks all their macros, weighs their food, weighs their body weight, does all this all the time. And then they decide they're going to move into this intuitive eating. And what ends up happening, they're like, okay, I'm not going to track for the day, but I'm going to start, you know, just feeling it out. And they feel it out for a day or two. They get on the scale and they see like a, a their, the pound go up on the scale or something. Mm. And then they freak out and then they overcorrect the other way, jump on the cardio like crazy, cut way back on the calories. And they think they got, they added a pound of fat in one day. And if you're being mindful, like Sal is saying right now, and you're not binging on your intuitive eating day and you're staying, you're trying to stay relatively close, the the likelihood of you putting a whole pound of fat on 
in a single day is extremely, extremely low. Uh, you would have you get you would have to over grossly overconsume to put that much body fat on in one day. More likely, you're holding on to a little bit of water, or you had a little bit more carbohydrates that day. So be careful of the overcorrecting. That's the thing that I see the most from somebody who is addicted to tracking and they're trying to break free of that is the day that as soon as they start breaking free of that and they see any sort of flux on the scale up or down, they go the other extreme because they're afraid that they way overdid it or way underdid it. So that would be my advice to that person. Mm -hmm. And it's funny too, what you'll find with the intuitive eating process as you start to move in that direction is as you're starting to pay attention to how you feel around foods, your anxiety around those foods may actually increase a little bit uh, just because you're bringing awareness to it, but that's because you're judging it. So here's a big, big part of this process that's going to help you. Don't judge what happens on these intuitive days, especially when you first start doing them. When you first start doing them, don't look back at them and be like, oh man, on my intuitive day, I ate a whole bag of, uh, of chips or I ate way too low protein. I'm terrible. I'm going right back. Don't judge it. Just look at it, observe it, uh, and then move on and see how you feel. And little by little, you'll get yourself uh, off the chains of macro counting because macro counting itself can become a terrible stress. I've had people where they cried because I told them to do an intuitive day and they cried because they almost, and I would look at their menus, like I said, their, their, their food logs, and like, it's exactly the same as the other days. You're not going intuitive. You're just doing exactly the same thing. And they cry because they couldn't, they couldn't do it. And so I'd say, okay, let's have an intuitive meal. Let's start with that. And then let's, let's slowly. So take your time. Don't judge it. Um, and, but once you break those change, it's pretty awesome. And always know that you can go back to count, counting macros if you become afraid. So that sometimes helps people, you know, knowing that, okay, if I, if I go too off, too off I, can, I can jump back for a little bit. Next question is from Kyle Howard 65. We just had a baby and getting adequate sleep at night is next to impossible. If you had to wake up every two to three hours and had to run on six or fewer hours of sleep at night, how would your training and nutrition change? This is kind of a cool question because this is, I think about this a lot right yeah. now. Yeah. I think a lot about, um, you know, what, what may come about when, when Max gets here in my, uh, Am I going to be burning the candle at both ends? What what is my training? I don't want to put on the 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 with the sympathy weight they say right. The husband does. So for me, um, I I think that you, it might be a lot of recuperative type of training or movement. Um, I also why I even got like the rower to you know. And when I just so you know, like when I row, it's not a uh, balls to the wall type of deal. Like I can get on there and kind of cruise. It's like a like a full body walk, you know, is where I'm getting some upper body work and posterior chain work is the way I look at it. And it's way more meditative. So I, I think that I would probably lean more towards uh, exercise like that. Um, now, hopefully uh, I don't have seven days in the week where I'm blasted and I get no sleep. That could be possible. And if that is, I'll probably listen to my body and be doing a lot of mobility and a lot of recuperative work. Hopefully, I'll have at least a couple days out of the week where I feel like I got a great night's rest. I fed myself really well, and then I can kind of get after it in the gym. And then, but I think that's what you got to do. I mean, I, I can't wait to hear the advice from these two guys that have already been down this road already. But personally, what I'm mentally preparing myself for 
I may not be able to get to the gym or I may not want to go to the gym and lift crazy weights. It may be more mobility work at my house, maybe more a little bit of rowing, maybe swimming, maybe going for a walk and maybe just focus on other aspects of health in my life. I'm not going to probably be making great muscle gains during this yeah, time. Yeah, no, I think you're right on right mm-hmm. on point. Yeah. I, I would say, so something you want to consider is it's a lot harder to get in shape uh, aesthetically speaking, than it is to stay in shape. And what I mean by that, and I, I'm not talking about the extreme, so I'm not talking about super shredded or whatever, but if you're relatively fit and healthy, however much work you needed to do to build all this crazy muscle, to keep it, it's not as it's not as hard. So mm-hmm. don't worry too much about your body just going, you know, wait. The, the thing that's going to affect you the worst is the lack of sleep, not mm-hmm. necessarily the fact that you're not working out like you used to. I've had clients like this, and what I'll I'll have them do is I'll tell them to lift one day a week, Pick the day that you're you you got good sleep, you know. So if you got decent sleep one night, the next day lift one day a week, and then the rest of the time, like what Adam was saying, recuperative stuff, uh, walking, walking out uh, outside, getting some sun exposure, stretching, mobility work. Realize that babies do not stay babies and infants forever. That's really the point. Yeah, yeah. That I was gonna stress. It's just, I mean, in terms of like picking a time period to get like at your best, like ultimate, like physique and, and get all these gains. This is not that time. Like you just have to realize that, uh, this is, this is a window of time where, you know, your focus is completely different and, uh, there's going to be a lot of compromises that need to be made. And, but that doesn't mean you need to compromise health. And like Sal saying, in terms of your, your maintaining, uh, what kind of muscle mass you already have currently and, and, uh, you know, where your body fat levels are at. Like there's a way to do that nutritionally and as well as, um, you know, getting that recuperative movement like Adam's talking about. Like that's, to me, that was what was my saving grace was just getting out of the house, uh, going on hikes, doing all these things that were very restorative. Um, and also like mentally, because it's uh, being in that environment, like, uh, you know, because it's so reactive, uh, to be proactive and go places to me was like, uh, it was like therapy. So, uh, that was something that I found a lot of value in, but I still got exercising in. It just, it was a different mentality. It wasn't like I was trying to crush it, uh, in the gym. That just wasn't the time for me to do that. Yeah. And I would say optimize the sleep that you do get. Mm-hmm. And one of the big mistakes that people make, um, both because it messes with your sleep, but also because it is a great way to just add unnecessary calories, is what a lot of times people do is when they wake up every two or three hours, then they'll snack. So like, oh, I'm already up. I'm going to grab a little bit of this to eat or a little bit of that to yeah, eat. Your cravings will go up. Yeah, that's a big mistake. Uh, eat uh, during daylight hours and when it's nighttime, even if you wake up in the middle of the night or whatever, don't eat. It's just an easy way to add extra calories. Next question is from Christian Relo. What balance in your life is most challenging to achieve? Mm. I have a good one for this. So I, you know, for most of my fitness career, I used to say that uh, by looking at my physique, you could tell what was going on with my bank account. Uh, and that was because I either one could be, I was all into my fitness and I was in the best shape of my life, but I was broke as fuck or I was, I had deep ass pockets and can go do whatever I wanted, but I was in the worst shape of my life. So I've, I've, I've did this for a very, very long time. 
And a lot of that is uh, much of the lessons that we talk about on this show. I mean, that we've we've learned. Um, I was an all or nothing person in the past. I wouldn't uh, if I was um, not perfect on my diet and my program, and I I didn't have an hour to an hour and a half in the gym. That I just didn't do it. It was like fuck it. Like if I'm not gonna do it all the way, I'm not gonna do it at all. And I, I definitely don't live like that anymore. And I I think that was not only bad advice or a bad strategy for a very long time. And I didn't see the value like I do today in going for a walk or mm-hmm. just coming to the gym. Like today, I'm going to have another day like this where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tired. I, I, and I've had a lot of caffeine this morning. I don't feel the greatest. I don't, I've, I've trained three days already this in this uh, week. So I don't feel like I need to get after it. So I'll probably just do some really lightweight squats or lunges and call it a day. Like I never would do that in the past. Um, I've learned to do things like that. Um, and then also like the, the, the work life balance, like, man, I'm, I've always been this bury myself into my work and become tunnel vision about everything else. And, and what ends up happening is everything else kind of falls to shit, but then I'm really successful in business. And there's just been a lot of things that I've, I've learned to, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Compartmentalize. Thank you, Justin. Mm. I, I and be able to go. Okay, like this time is for me working on the business. Like I will, I can. Like I can allow myself from you know six a.m. to five p.m. Adam, you can bury yourself into it, grind like crazy, don't look up from your phone, do whatever you want to do. But once that five p.m. hits, you know, phone goes away and it's no more business talk after that. And the same thing goes for fitness. It's like I can be all about my training, but when it comes to certain times that Katrina and I set have for date night, or we've agreed that we're going away for a weekend, like it doesn't matter. Like I, we're going to go and feed other parts of my soul. It's not always about having to carry Tupperware around or doing mm-hmm. shit like that. It's about enjoying the moment with her and having a glass of wine and having a good meal. And so I've just, I've changed a lot of those things, but it took me a really, a really long time. I struggled with that stuff. And I really honestly feel like just in the last probably five years have I felt like that's really come together for me and, I, and I'm happy. And I'm lucky that I've found a career that allows me to, uh, that it, it, it helps that I stay in shape and I work out and that, that promote helps promote the business. So, you know, I think that's important. If you have a hard time finding balance in certain aspects of life, it's nice if you can find ways that they they speak to each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. for, for me, and this is something I've struggled with since I was a kid, it's just my my use of electronics. I, I loved TV a lot as a kid. And it, I would watch a lot of educational stuff, but boy, could I sit in front of a TV for hours and hours on end. And today, it's my phone, um, and it's also the television. It's still a difficult one for me, and I'm much better at it. I'm much more aware, and I create practices around it now. So I'm a lot better than I used to be. But if I didn't uh, – I'm not at the intuitive part. Like, I'm not there yet. Like, I'm not at the part yet where I don't need practices and rules for myself where I could just – it'll balance itself out. If I, if I eliminate those things – like, I, have a, I had a, a hard rule that I wouldn't take the phone in the bathroom. Uh, every time I would go to the bathroom and it worked great. Like I'd go to the bathroom. First of all, it's in and out faster. Believe it or not, you're in there longer when you're with your phone, Justin. But the other thing too is you just, <laughs> that's funny. He's it, coming from you. I know exactly. <laughs> less of that, that less of that, 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 that mindless scrolling or whatever. But once I eliminate that rule, 
I end up bringing the phone in the bathroom with myself. Uh, you know, same thing with the TV. Like if I make a rule that I'm not going to watch TV four days a week, if I don't if I don't have that rule that I make for myself, I find it creeping back in and it becomes uh, this daily type of thing. So it's it's that that kind of stuff. And I think that's a big challenge. Well, you just said something. You just said something I think is so important to hang out there for a minute is the importance of giving your putting parameters on yourself and 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 knowing that just like the way we talk about nutrition, some people are not at a place too intuitive eat. No. Some yeah. people don't have enough education, enough experience, enough time of practicing good habits. The right state of mind and, and you know mental space. You have right. to. You have, it takes time to get there. And there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with with admitting that and being like, hey, listen, this is an area that is a challenge for me, and I need to say, I, I'm this. I agree. I'm the same way too with the the tech tools and the stuff. That's why I was alluding to the things that you know Katrina and I will agree on. Okay, this is night for us. You know, that this is what we do. Like, and if we don't set that on the calendar, or we don't make that a point to do that, then, you know, maybe one week or two week, we're good about just intuitively doing it. And then we go right back to old habits. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm a firm believer in, in unless you're, you've mastered some of these areas that you should put some sort of parameters around yourself or set goals for yourself. And these are great, simple goals, you know, <laughs> as stupid as it may sound, but setting a goal not to take your phone in the restroom is a great step in the right direction. It sounds get, silly, but try it. Yeah, yeah. Get, get, getting intuitive <laughs> about tough. it, you know? Yep. Yeah, no, I could echo both those things. Um, <clears throat> I was trying to think about, like, some things that, um, like, mainly for, for creating more balance. I think for me... I, I sort of had two different lives for a while where I would work and I would like hang out with my friends and I would like, like that was like this separate kind of a person. And then when I get home, I'm like this like ultra, like, f- like family focused guy. I'm like trying to like make up for uh, not being there or like uh, wanting to hang out with my friends on the weekends or not like be involved, uh, you know, and like include like them more and like what I'm doing. And I think that, after like the last year or two with just consuming myself with all these like, like, like goals and things I wanted to accomplish, but then also like having this motivation of like needing, uh, you know, needing like my own time to hang out with friends and do all these types of things. Like I, I realized like I need to structure more time to like hang out and like have fun and do things like including my family in, and making that a priority. And so, uh, for me, like that balance at at home, I could feel that and they could feel that and they could, they could, they could sense that like, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm here, but I'm also like, okay, I'm, I'm out, you know, I'm going to go, uh, you know, watch this movie, you know, I'm gonna go do this with with my friends. I'm going to do this. Like I was always like, something was like kind of leading me out. Uh, but I just, uh, and I don't know what that is or what that was, but it was just, I just decided that no, like I want to, like foster like more of a inclusive environment for that. And, uh, that's been paying off like substantially to where, you know, we, we vacation like sometimes a bit more, we just do things on the weekend together. They, they, they find their way into my workouts with me. Like, I'm not like, this is my workout. Like I have to like get huge and, and, you know, do all this stuff by myself. Like I'm trying to be more open to allowing uh you know like my wife and my kids to like just be around and like be a part of it with me so awesome that's been a huge thing and with that go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides they are absolutely free you can also find us all on instagram 
You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. And you can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.